welcome back to the Pinstripe Podcast. Scotty, how are you? Great. It's getting nice and warm out. We're one week away. Everything's looking good. Feeling good. The one week away from opening day is literally what is keeping me going right now. <laughs> it's like the the one shining light at the moment. But I mean, I just can't wait. I cannot wait. It seems so wild to think about the fact that real baseball is just a week away. That's crazy. We've had, I mean, it's been a week. There's not much, again, we say this the last few weeks, there's not much that we can really do with spring training baseball. But one big thing that came out this week is the rumor that the Yankees already have plans for next offseason, which is crazy. And that plan includes signing World Series MVP Corey Seager. Scotty, what are your thoughts before I read through some some plans that I've seen on Twitter? What I mean, was your reaction to this? I think that I mean it's amazing, of course, but at the same time, I, like how are we gonna work with it? So like I'm honestly, I just pulled up um all of our contracts to see what we're looking at because again what's the point of bringing him if we have i mean we already have urshela who's here and we already have torres who's here so what are what are what is our plans with with, if we pick him up like of course we're not going to touch him with lemayhew lemayhew's going to stay there it'd have to be uh torres would be the one on the chopping block. I'm trying to find what his um, contract is looking like. Yeah, that is that is the the issue is what happens to our field and our team as we know it. Um, what I've seen, and this is from the Bleacher Creatures on Twitter, and they were saying to get Seager, we have to trade either Luke Voigt or Geo. Okay, so. In this one, they have us getting rid of Luke Voigt. So our batting order would be DJ LeMahieu playing first, Corey Seager playing short, Judge and right, Hicks in center, Stanton DHing, Torres at second base, Frazier in left, Sanchez catching, and Gio at third base. The one issue I have with that is you're moving DJ, who won a gold glove playing second base, yeah. out of the position. Why would you do that? I mean, looking at it that way, you can see that. But also at the same time, I think that is a big thing on Torres. Torres is going to be a huge part of this decision. If he doesn't do well at short, then they might be willing to go and move that all over to get Torres back at second. They know that LeMahieu can play first, so they're not afraid to put him there. Um, but... I feel like if they go and I don't even know if who who would play third if we got rid of if we got Priscilla. rid of Geo I'd I'd assume you would just put DJ over there and you would do the same thing you would have just DJ mm-hmm. fill in whatever corner position that you ended up trading because like you're not gonna end up pulling and Duhar up for that you're not gonna yeah. put anybody else there no I just. It's hard because, like, you want to keep all of these guys, you know, you have like an emotional connection to them. But it's just, I like the idea of bringing in Corey Seeger, obviously, who wouldn't want to bring in 
like he just got voted for, um MLB on Fox just said that he was voted to be the 2021 National League MVP. Well, no, you know, it, was, it was voted to be the preseason or the, the spring training MVP. Oh, sorry, sorry. The fans, which, you know, I don't really ever believe that, but you know. But like, it, it's not like we're having this conversation about like, it, before the season started, we were having this conversation about Josh Bell. Josh Bell is expendable. You know, he's not someone that you rearrange your whole offensive and defensive lineup for. Corey yeah. Seager is someone that you do that for. Yes. And and as much as I find it odd to take a player out of their position that they were voted the best at, you know, take DJ was voted the best second baseman in the league. As long as it keeps his bat in the order, you know, and adds a little bit of weight to it, you know, putting, you know, if you add Seager's bat, I don't know. I mean, it it is obviously attractive and something that we would be willing to do but at that point it's like okay do we get rid of luke voigt do you get rid of geo and i agree with what you said i think it has a lot to do with glaber's season this year yeah because if he doesn't do well again they very much will probably be willing to do that and get a new shortstop and put him back at second and put torres back at second mm-hmm. because i am looking at i didn't know that he uh that dj did have a, a past at third but he does so yeah, I mean, I think he he plays the right side of the infield a little bit more, but I think he he is able to do most things on the baseball field. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this is just something to keep an eye on. Obviously, this is something the plan is to sign him next off season. Okay, so that's why apparently that's why we made sure to stay underneath the cap this off season. But I think that. A lot of it also has to do they're going to look at how the team runs this year because our talent should put us farther into playoffs and closer to a World Series trophy than it has the last few years. You know, yeah, I don't know. You can see it during our spring training. We're having a lot more of those. I mean, we talked about it these past few weeks. We're seeing it. Our main thing was our bullpen, and we're seeing mm-hmm. a, a good production from our bullpen. So yeah, we have a we have a lot better of a, of a chance, I'd say. Yeah, we have the talent now. Maybe if we can't figure it out this year, maybe Seager is that last little push. But I mean, it's something to keep an eye on, but not something to one worry about or two expect to happen. Corey Seager is going to be like the hottest free agent next year, you know there's going to be a lot of teams going after him with a lot of money. So I think we notice it, but also table it. You know, we have to get through the 2021 season first. I think he actually might be the, yeah, he's going to probably be the second most important free agent. Who's going to be the Clayton first? Clayton Kershaw also. Oh my, there's no way he's going anywhere else. There's absolutely imagine. no way. I saw, I saw something like somebody made like a graphic, and they're like, "Oh, where do I think these people are going?" They had like Kershaw going to the Yankees, and I was like, "I'm going to be honest, no way." No, that would be that would be absolutely pointless. I think, like as much as one, I think the Dodgers will offer him enough money for him to stay. I also don't think that he would go anywhere else. Yeah, like I don't. I mean, he's not. Maybe he just looks old, but like he's not really 
the youngest of guys. His career's probably more on the downhill than the uphill. And I think he'd rather end in LA. Also, I mean, that just might be like, I think about like the sentimental ideas of wanting to stay with the team. I don't know. I don't know if these players actually give a shit about that. He's 33. Wait, what's the date? Today's the 25th. Yeah, he's 33. He like just turned 33. So. Oh, he just looks old. He looks real old. (laughs) He's had a hard life. But I mean, it's like that's that's an okay age. But I, I feel like again, he's done so much in in LA, LA for LA. It LA see, as much as I'm sure the Dodgers would want to keep both of them, I think keeping Kershaw would be more important than keeping Seager. Yeah, but again, we got to get through this season first. We got to hope make sure that they don't win another World Series first. Yeah, and then and then we'll worry about it. Um, moving into people that are actually on the Yankees, um, Gary Sanchez has been named the starting catcher for opening day. Do you have any thoughts on that? For opening day, that's a bold move because again, we're going coal opening day as well. So you're going and having this, this, you know, we've already talked about it before this catcher and pitcher relationship really isn't on that level as um, Cole and Higgy are. But at the same time, I guess that's kind of like your plan is to normally go and put, you know, your your best players or like, you know, like the big name players all out there to start the year off. So, I mean, I kind of see it in that way. But again, you're going and you're, you're combining Cole with a catcher that I wouldn't say he doesn't like, but he doesn't prefer. Yeah, I think I think it has a lot to do because Boone was talking about how to start off the season, they're not going the personal catcher route. You know, Higgy's not only going to catch for Cole and Cole's not only going to throw for Higgy. I think it's to try because I – let me check. I don't know who Cole has thrown to this spring training. Um, Let me check really quick. Okay, well, you check that. I realize that there are a lot of players in this next year who are going to be big, um, big free agents. Like who? Um, Freddie Freeman. I don't think he's gonna go anywhere. Um, Chris Bryant. He might go somewhere. Lindor, Baez, Correa, Story. Wow, fat free agent class. Oh, just on the shortstop, fat free agent class. Yeah. Like really, no other, no other positions were huge except Syndergaard, uh, Kershaw, Scherzer. Verlander, Granke, Stroman. So the last time Cole pitched was to Higgy. And that was on Monday. And then he also pitched on the 16th. He threw to Robert Brantley, which doesn't really mean anything, but doesn't count. Doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Useless information. Uh, he threw on the 11th to Higgy again. So they're clearly seeing that he wants to pitch to. He's thrown. It seems like he's thrown more to Higgy. Corey Kluber, Garrett Cole on. Yeah, the last time he threw to Gary Sanchez was March 1st. Yeah. I think Cole will get one more start 
before opening day, I'm pretty sure. Um, but I think that it's the Yankees are going to try to avoid the personal catcher situation. I think as long as possible. So if, because I mean, I don't know. I think that's that's the thought process is they don't want to walk into the season saying that he's only throwing to Higgy because that starts to limit your offense, your defense, not only that day, but throughout the week. Mm-hmm. It It is just, you hope that it works out, right? Obviously, we're all hoping that it works out. But you also want to go into game one winning and looking at the numbers, like statistically, Unfortunately, Garrett Cole has thrown better to Kyle Higashioka than he has to Gary Sanchez. But maybe they've worked on that relationship. And I mean, Gary's never going to get the however many years that Higgy has with Cole, you know, all through growing up, they threw together. But maybe during like preseason and spring training, they were able to work on the communication and figure out what would work better. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, do you have anything else on Gary? Um, not really. I mean, we've saw a somewhat promising. Um, we saw a somewhat promising spring training from him, but again, he got a productive offense. I still don't think that you should go and switch him to be a catcher for Cole. I mean, yeah, I get what you said. What, they say they don't like the whole personal catcher situation. That's kind of understandable. I feel like an organization wouldn't want to go out and say that, but you also have to see that he does better with a personal catcher basically. And, and I think if it's best for the team, you need to, to realize that. Yeah. Um, moving on with some more pitching news, Justin Wilson, the reliever we signed from the Mets left Monday's game with shoulder tightness, which that's never, never a fun thing. He called to the, bullpen after like pitch four or five there was an MRI on Tuesday and there was nothing that drew any attention so it seems like he just needs to rest and you know avoid the mound for a little bit I haven't heard much other news about Justin Wilson obviously the big name coming out of the relievers and the smaller name pitchers has been Lucas Lutkage this is just, you hate to see it. You know, it's just our least favorite thing is hearing about people who got hurt. Yeah. Um, in addition to some injury update, Miguel Andujar. So Eric Bolin, who is a Yankee beat writer, reported that Aaron Boone says we should not expect to see Miguel Andujar on the field anytime soon. He hasn't played since the 10th, and apparently he's dealing with soreness and nerve inflammation. I don't think he was going to make this opening day roster anyway, but it's just just weird. Just weird. What are you laughing at? It's just, I mean, I mean it's just, he's not going to see the field anytime soon. Yeah, well, I kind of hope even if he was healthy, he wouldn't. But we weren't, we weren't planning on it. We really weren't <laughs> planning on him seeing the field. Um, I just felt like the, the last two, both Justin Wilson and Miguel Andujar, they haven't really been, the, the injury hasn't been given a name. Like I had to search to see what was wrong with Miguel Andujar 
because like the blast was just like goes to see a hand and wrist specialist and you're just like what the fuck mm-hmm. and like justin wilson they were just like has an mri nothing is broken thanks sherlock i think i could figure <laughs> that out but I- i'm not listen as as annoying and frustrating as it can be to see someone that we picked up in the off season get hurt this just being like a soreness is fine and also he hasn't been like a huge name in camp mm-hmm. so i'm not too concerned also miguel Andujar, i really could not care less <laughs> really sorry um let's take a look at i want to contextualize how hot john carlos stanton is right now obviously you can say take it with a grain of salt as it's spring training, but Scotty, like you've said in the past, he's seeing the actual pitchers, right? Yeah. yeah, he's not going and seeing these 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 backups that you're throwing in to see how they are. Yeah, he's not they seeing the 15-year-olds they just drafted. Yeah, he's going and seeing the, the starters. Yeah, so he is currently swinging a 370 with an on-base percentage of 469 which is 92 points higher than his career stats, like, overall. I just I just want to reiterate how badly I want this man to stay healthy <laughs> and how badly I want to see this in games. It's going to happen. Hopefully. Can't, I don't want to say anything. No, I like your confidence. I don't want to say anything, though. <laughs> We've seen the past. We've seen how it works. Maybe maybe he just front-loaded all of the injuries, right? Got them all done at once. And now he's going to be in the clear. Um, the big rumor that we are closely keeping an eye on as we are recording this on March 25th is the decision of Jay Bruce versus Mike Talkman. So the decision does have to come today, Thursday. Hopefully I won't have to like hop on my mic later today and say that the decision was officially made, (laughs) but I have a feeling I will. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So the rumor is that the Yankees will walk away from Jay Bruce and keep Mike Talkman. Nothing is decided, but it must be decided today. I agree that that's the best option. I think that we could have avoided all of this if we didn't re-sign Brett Gardner because Mike Togman is just a carbon copy of Brett Gardner. Except taller. Except a little taller and a little bit more hair. And a little bit younger. And a little bit younger. That's the biggest thing. He is the same player as Brett Gardner just 10 years earlier, whatever their age gap is. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> How old do you think Brett Gardner is? Like in my head, he's like 47. <laughs> Jay Bruce is also like 45. Yeah. Um, what are so obviously I'm I'm very supportive of this decision. I think Jay Bruce did have a great spring, but I just think that Mike Talkman is better fit to be a Yankee. He's more of what we need and the age and health benefits of what we need what are your thoughts uh i mean i i agree with that that way um jay bruce did do really well he did really well in spring training but again 
we already have somebody in 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 the position and that's not really a position we've had much struggle with and we talked about it earlier about uh the flexibility if anything does happen we have dj who can go over there and then we have first yeah yeah at first sorry yeah at first if um Voight goes and gets hurt. We have DJ who can go and shift over. We have Wade who go and replace uh, DJ at second base. We have that flexibility to replace, but we've seen a lot of issues with our outfield-wise of replacing them, especially injury-wise as well. Like right as people start getting hurt, then we kind of start falling apart in our outfield mm-hmm. and we'll start throwing in Duhar out there. And when our I, I mean, if you look at our outfield, right, our outfield is supposed to be Aaron Hicks, Aaron Judge, Clint Frazier. That's a heart of our lineup. You know, the, that's where those are our guys who score runs. Yeah. And and I, I agree that our we have more flexibility with the first base position that we don't need to carry Bruce. Yeah. Also, Talkman is seven years younger than Brett Gardner. Yeah, I just looked that up. I was close. <laughs> I was close. Um, I also think that you just you cannot look past the fact that Mike Talkman had the most defensive run saved in 2018. You can't look or 2019. You can't look past that. That is a huge stat, especially in games. I felt like we had games and opportunities that we could have, you know, if we didn't let one run or two runs slip by, you know, maybe inning momentum would have gone different ways. Obviously that that's something that happens all the time. I just think that, Talkman is too valuable in the outfield. You know, he, it's it's really important to have a guy that could probably start on other teams on your roster. Obviously, if I was Mike Talkman, I would just want to go somewhere that played me. I, I'd understand that frustration, but I think that the Yankees can and should use him a lot. Left-handed bat in Yankee Stadium, we need them as much as possible. Obviously, mm-hmm. Bruce was also left-handed. But I agree. I think on the field, we need more depth in the outfield than we do in the infield right now. And I know people would say Jay Bruce can play both. I'd rather have 30-year-old Mike Talkman defensive run save leader in the outfield than 33-year-old than Jay Bruce. Than Jay Bruce. Who, exactly. Who's, who's built like a first baseman. Yeah, you big boy. <laughs> uh, I also think another thing that helps Talkman's case is that he has been on the team. He has played for the team. And so he has he has that experience as it as Jay Bruce is kind of coming off and would be a first time shower. He has experience and they know how he plays. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing Jay Bruce on other teams, yeah, you can you know kind of understand how he plays in Philly or or contextualize what he was like on the Mets. But I mean, it's just like Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray sucked as a Yankee, but he was like second or third runner up for Cy Young when he went on the Reds. Mm-hmm. There, there's just some people who don't work on certain teams. Um, and I'm not saying that Bruce won't get picked up. I think when he goes on waivers, I think he's going to get picked up by someone. Someone is going to be needing that depth, yeah, that left-handed bat. We're not saying he, and at all. We're not saying he's a bad player. It's just in the in the in how necessary it is for the team. It's not needed. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but we'll keep an eye on that. We'll see. As of twelve eighteen. We've got nothing. All I have is NBA news because Kyle Lowry might be getting traded. We'll see. 
I didn't feel the need to talk about Garrett Cole's start. You know, we have no questions about Garrett Cole. We know how the guy pitches. There's no question marks. He's our ace, whatever. I did think that Jamison Tyone and Corey Kluber personally are my biggest, like, high risk, high reward guys. So I thought that they would be people to talk about, right? And they both had starts this week. Yeah. So let's start with Tyone, who went on Monday. He threw for 2.2 innings, five hits, no walks, five strikeouts, 60 pitches. All spring so far, he has appeared in four games with 8.1 innings pitched, one earned run, nine hits, four walks, 14 strikeouts. He is looking real good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's looking exactly what we need. Exactly. And I, I, I knew – Coming into this, I was a little nervous. And actually, on one hand, I was nervous because obviously he was coming off of Tommy John, all of that. He hadn't thrown in a long time. But then on the other hand, what made me feel better was that he had like the the support of Garrett Cole. You know, Garrett Cole was pushing. He, they were, Garrett Cole have, have emotions that were positive and not yeah. just neutral or mad. Really makes me feel a little better. Exactly. Like, Garrett Cole went to the Yankees and was like, this guy has my stamp of approval. He will do things for this rotation. Sign him. And that made me feel good. You know, that, that kind of like, I don't think all of last year, I don't think I saw a Garrett Cole smile. I think it was neutral or when he was pitching, he had anger. Now he's happy. (laughs) And now him and Tyone are just little buddies. They're just like, bestie vibes only. But, um, I, I've just been really impressed with him. The other day, he showed that he can also move off of the mound. He covered a bunt, shot a guy out. Good things. Good things from J-Mo. Um, I'm excited to see. A lot of people have been, like, you know, forming our rotation. Fortunately, Domingo Herman is in it. His numbers do, do <laughs> make him deserving of the spot. I'm just going to be having like a very hard emotional battle all year of like cheering for him, being happy for him, all that fun stuff. But I'll be very happy for Jameson Tyone. Be happy for him the whole time. I'll be cheering for him the whole time that Herman is pitching. Yeah, I'll be like, wow, Tyone is throwing really well today. (laughs) (laughs) Tyone over there on the bench looks great. Killing it. Can't wait till he pitches tomorrow. Can't wait. (laughs) Um, Do you have anything about Tyone you wanted to say? No, I mean, you kind of said all of it. He was kind of on the fence about how he would do. We kind of were a bit nervous going into the season, but he's really proved that he wasn't affected by it at all, and he's been pitching so well in this spring training, and I really look forward to seeing him actually go out there and pitch for us. The other person that I think caused just some questions because he only threw one inning last year was Corey Kluber. This week he started on Tuesday. He threw for 3.2 innings, had three hits, one run, zero earned runs, three walks, four strikeouts, 71 pitches. Now, when we signed Kluber, I felt a little bit more comfortable than when we signed Tyone. Right, Tyone, you eventually became comfortable with because you heard about the Garrett Cole stamp of approval. Corey Kluber has two Cy Young awards. You know, that to me automatically made me feel kind of comfortable. I'm like, okay, this guy does know what he's doing. Did you feel the same way? 
Yeah, but at the same time, I also wasn't fully, fully comfortable with him. I just thought age-wise is kind of what immediately got me a little bit nervous. But I would, didn't think that would affect him too much. I think, of course, then again, in coming off injury a little bit, that kind of made me a little bit more nervous. So there was a few things, but I wasn't too, too worried about how he'd do. Yeah, I mean, people definitely still have hesitation around Corey Kluber. And I think the the thing is, we need to recognize that he's not, you know, he's not Jacob DeGrom. He's not going to blow in 101 mile an hour fastball at you. Mm-hmm. He is, however, going to throw a splitter that breaks at your toe and you're going to swing and miss at it. And yeah. I think that's like a, a change in our heads that we need to think of because, I mean, not that we have many, I mean, we don't have a whole bunch of guys that hit a hundred, but we have a lot of guys that are close. You know, they're in the upper nineties. We haven't had a real like finesse pitcher in a little bit. Does anyone come to mind for you? Not somebody who like mainly has stuff. I mean, I could think of Tanaka a bit, but like not the same. It's not the same kind. Yeah. Like we had no one that was like, you own like, they were a finesse pitcher, and that's like Tanaka did have a lot of movement, but he also could throw the ball. Hard. Throw, yeah, I'm about to say he was there to throw the ball, and then it had move. It happened to have movement with it. Yeah, he was there who's who had like the art of moving of the ball moving, and that was how they made their money. Yeah, so I think I agree that Kluber's age is a little bit just like not not concerning, but it's just like something to know. recognize. Yeah. I think it helps that he doesn't rely strictly on blowing it past you. Cause like, what's Jacob deGrom going to be like at the end of his career? You know, is he still going to be throwing it 101 miles an hour? I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. But like at least Kluber, since he relies on his spins and his breaking, it makes me a little bit more comfortable with how old he is. Yes. How old is he before I'm sitting here? Like how old he is. I think he's been at least seven years in the league. So I think he's 34. He's... Justin Verlander's 38. Little bitch. He just came up as like a as a recognize him too. <laughs> um, do you have anything else Yankee that you want to talk about? No, not at all. I mean, we have gone through Aaron Boone did get his COVID vaccine. Can or can't? He did. And he, yeah. re- he is going to try to support as many of his players who are eligible for it to also yeah. get it. Go off King Boone. <laughs> um, so in regards to Yankees, the biggest thing that we're keeping an eye on right now is the Jay Bruce, Mike Talkman situation. But other than that, this week, that's pretty much everything Yankee that I wanted to talk about. Do you want to hit some around the horn, around the league news? Yeah, I just wanted to start off. I mean, this this is a quote that, that got brought up last year, got brought up again recently. Mike Trout saying, quote, I've kind of figured out some stuff in the last few days I've re- that I've been struggling with the last year. I've been struggling with the last year. It's just because he didn't win an MVP doesn't mean that you need to change everything. If I was tied for second in literally every offensive category, homie, there's not much wrong with your swing. But like, okay, all right. 
You know, I got to I, I it, he's not comp, he's not like overconfident. Got to give him you that. Have, you have to respect a guy that always thinks that he can get better. You know, voted like one of the best players in the league. I know Talking Baseball was doing a poll and I never saw the end of it of who was the face of baseball. And I think it ended up being between Tatis and Mike Trout. Okay, the face of baseball. Yeah, it ended up being between Fernando Tatis Jr. and Mike Trout. And Tatis won. The final four was Betts, Tatis, Trout, and Judge. The Elite Eight, Bellinger, Soto, Acuna, Yelich. And the Sweet 16, just to go back out there, included Baez, Otani, DeGrom, Lindor, Cole, Snell, Kershaw, and Bauer. So they, it was it was a pretty uh, solid bracket. But I did think it was funny. I also, saw that quote from Mike Trout. Huh? Also good enough for you. There is some that you kick out. I feel like Otani, Kershaw, Bauer. Yeah. Like yeah the Elite Eight was out. when it started to get to, like, a difficult decision. Yeah. Because, like, it not voting for Baez, like, who was Baez against? Baez was against Bellinger. Okay, Cody Bellinger's been really hot, but Baez was the cover of the show. Yeah. So you're just, like, back and forth, back and forth. But um, Tatis ended up winning, which I think makes complete sense. Um, But Mike Trout is... He doesn't say much often. Like, it, it, sometimes it's hard to get a quote from him. But when he does say things, you're like, dude, you're so good at everything. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, he's a wacko. Wacko man. Um, and continue on, on the Angels. We have seen some things from Shohei Otani as well this year. Yeah. Uh, his offense has clearly been a lot better than his his, his defense. Pitching-wise, he's not done amazing. But... but that's how it's been in the past, too. Yeah. I mean, last year he didn't play much because he had Tommy John, if I'm correct. He had some kind of injury. I'm pretty sure it was Tommy John. Um, I don't know if it was Tommy John because I remember him pitching one inning, getting lit up, and then there was an injury. Mm-hmm. But I do know that he kept hitting. I don't know, though. That happened at one time. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So he's looking really good offensively, but again, you kind of keep seeing this. Um, we saw this in the past, and then it kind of fell off. So we don't know what we're looking for from from this guy. So <laughs> I think the issue is that they think he's going to be able to be a leadoff hitter and an ace on the mound. If you yeah. want him to pitch, he's got to be your four or five rotation guy. He There's can't be your ace. He had There's a just forearm strain. That's what it was. Oh, forearm strain? Yeah. It's just too much for him to be both your ace and your leadoff batter. Cause then he's playing every single day. Yeah. And you I mean, I think everybody could see that his offense right now is more on par with major league baseball than his pitching. Mm-hmm. So don't force him into being your ace when you can have him be your leadoff and then, you know, he pitch day five. Or or could he go in in relief? I don't really know. I don't know how that works. <laughs> I, don't, 
I don't think anybody's ever tried to do that. So I don't know, but he has been more productive in the role this off season than he has any time in the past. That's not saying he's doing it well. Yeah. And I mean, again, we have to wait and see of what the actual season will come. Exactly. When he's actually playing real players. (laughs) I didn't know how to put that lightly. (laughs) Um, One thing that came up last Friday, um, literally right after our episode posted, Chris Christie, former governor of New Jersey, has been brought on to the Mets board of directors. I'm sorry, what? Why? In what world is he qualified for that? And I really... They, they, saw, they saw him play softball, and they were just like, we need that man. Had to be. Like, I really had nothing else to say about this. I just don't understand out of the, like, a bajillion and one people who have worked in baseball front offices, <laughs> why the fuck Steve Cohen gave Chris Christie this job. Steve Cohen, you don't know what he's thinking. <laughs> it's like, man- buddy, buddy, do you want to go to the beach with him? What what do you want? Weird, weird, weird. Um, only other thing about the Mets, and originally this wasn't even Mets news, it was haha F the Astros news, was Jose Altuve grounded into a triple play Monday against the Mets. Yeah. Snaps for the Mets. Snaps for Jose Altuve being terrible. All good things, you know, because I, I started writing it because I saw someone post about it. They're like, ha ha ha, Jose Altuve just grounded into a triple play, right? And in my notes, I was like, Jose Altuve grounds into triple play. I was like, hold the phone. If this was like between like the, I don't fucking know, the Reds and the Mariners, it would just be like the Mariners turned a triple play. Wow, crazy, impressive. I don't give a fuck about the batter. It's just funny because... <laughs> Here, you're like, Jose Altuve is an idiot, and he grounded into a triple play, <laughs> completely not giving a fuck that the Mets turned a triple play. Literally all that it was was it was a line drive. So it wasn't even like... <laughs> it's like the easy... It was like there was a line drive and a runner on first and second. Like, the easiest yeah. way to turn a triple play, but everyone's just like, fuck Jose Altuve. How do you even do that? Not even like, wow, the Mets turned a triple play. <laughs> because only... Only the Mets turning a triple play would be able to be overlooked. Any other team would have been like, wow. Look, this team just did a triple play. <laughs> if the Mets did it, then it can't be that the Mets did it. <laughs> um, I've got just two more things. Um, we'll talk about one that actually happened with baseball. First, Fernando Tatis Jr. left a game this week after he felt shoulder discomfort. However, I don't think we need to be concerned. Um, I think it, he literally said that if it had been in a regular season game, he probably would have stayed in and kept playing. So like, I think he's okay, but like you just hear the, the elected face of baseball, you know, get pulled out of a game and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on? You start getting a little nervous. At least I got nervous. I, I very much like the guy as we can tell, but did you see that? Did you get a little stressed? Yeah. The, the way that I saw it, 
was that I saw it through a meme and it was like, oh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, gonna be injured and not play uh, spring training MLB cancel season. <laughs> They're like, we're done. <laughs> Nothing to do here now. <laughs> Can't do anything. <laughs> that would be funny. That's funny. Um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think baseball fans we have anything to worry about there. Um, the only other thing that I have, do you have anything else? Uh, no. Okay, the only other thing that I have is Pantone294, which is a Dodgers news site or an Instagram page, rented a billboard right by Fenway Park that says, Dear Boston, thank you for Mookie Betts. Sincerely, Dodgers fans and at Pantone294. Savage, 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 savage. I love it. I don't know what made them do it now and not like right after they won i don't care it's just so funny and i love it wasn't there a quote that i said a few weeks ago from somebody who said the same thing i don't remember what it was i'm blanking on it now that doesn't matter (laughs) but like that's just the bright blue nice blue sign uh uh-huh dodger blue written in white it is amazing. <laughs> like, I, did, I love it. I love it. I love it. I haven't gotten to go see it yet um, because I've been kind of in a soft quarantine for softball, but I love it. So funny. Um, so you have, do you have anything else? No? Yes? No. See nothing as of 1237 on Thursday about the Jay Bruce, Mike Talkman situation, just getting a bunch of NBA trade line stuff, blah, 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 blah. but to stay updated on Jay Bruce, Mike Talkman, which I guess by the time this is uploaded, we will already know the decision. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for additional Yankee news, lineups scores as much as i can normally the score the game's freaking finish while i'm at practice i'm so annoyed but lineups scores all of that jazz you can follow us on instagram it is the pinstripe dot podcast and you can give us a follow check out our content all that fun stuff um in regards to the show please like it share it follow it rate it anything that you can do to interact with it on whatever platform you are on would be absolutely amazing and makes us feel real good um so thank you for listening we will see you next week with will we have actual baseball to talk about next week uh we might not or does next week it might start thursday oh that's so frustrating Let me check calendar. Oh, that's so annoying. So we'll come at you the day after opening day, which is going to be a little sad, but maybe we'll be able to record late enough that we'll be able to get at least a little bit of the game. I don't know. Hopefully we'll see. We'll see. Um, Thank you for listening. This has been the pinstripe podcast. Bye.